Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslanko, pastor of the community of Saints Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isadoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 1, Episode 23 of this podcast. We'll hear Father Mark's homily from August 19th, 2018, the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year B. The Gospel for this week is John, Chapter 6, Verses 51-58. to Let us listen now to that reading, then hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, I started out my week the way I normally do, praying with the scriptures, reflecting on situations, and trying to allow the Holy Spirit to work to produce a homily. But then as I journeyed through the week, and became more and more aware of all of the stuff that was coming out with regard to our church. You know, first with regard to Cardinal McGarrick, then St. John's Seminary in Brighton, and then the horrific news that came out of Philadelphia. I found myself very saddened, very angry, and very disillusioned. I can imagine that you perhaps feel the same way. I started thinking back to my 33 years as a priest and never would have imagined the day I got ordained that the word predator and priest would ever be used in the same sentence or together in any way, shape, and form. It was never even in the purview of my mind. I never would have imagined that 33 years later our church would be in the situation that it is, that we have, would have gotten to this point. I never would have imagined that we'd be merging parishes, that the numbers of vocations reduce so much that we need to reorganize our structure. 
I always truthfully imagined after 25 years, I have my own parish, a couple of assistants, and living a much different life. Never would have imagined. And as I listened to those very graphic descriptions, those very graphic reports, I realized how many innocent lives have been destroyed either by those who actually did these crimes or by those who simply continued to move them around. There are sins on both sides. We have to step back and be honest about what we are experiencing, and we can no longer put it aside and pretend it doesn't exist, or just hope for it to go away. It must be looked at and acknowledged honestly, which is why I chose to stand before you today. Because I feel as I've been here almost two years, believe it or not, that we've developed a friendship along the way, and I can be honest and candid with you. And so these things need to be understood and put into perspective. And how could this even come to be? Yes, the church is an institution, it's a corporation, but it's not meant to be like other institutions and other corporations. It's meant to operate on a different principle, a different level. It's called the gospel level. We're not supposed to just do things the way they do them in the secular world, and quite honestly, these things don't even happen in the secular world to the extent that they've happened within our church community. We live in a very clerical culture that often insulates itself, a clerical culture that often values self-preservation rather than openness and honesty, a clerical culture that wants to spare the faithful of scandal, but at the same time doing things that create even greater scandal. Innocent lives have been destroyed. It's time to fess up to that fact, to admit our sins, to take responsibility for what has occurred, and if resignations need to be obtained, then so be it. But we, as the people of God, deserve better. Cardinal DiNardo, who's the president for the United States Council of Catholic Bishops, I read a memo that he produced as a reflection of all of this, and it shows a ray of hope through this process of healing. And he was very, very clear about the need to repent of past sins, to beg forgiveness, and to put into place practices that will never see this happen again. We do have some practices in place already. They've been established in churches and dioceses around the world since this broke the first time. But it's not enough. I mean, those who are closer to the church, who volunteer for the church, realize that we now require background checks and we have virtuous training programs to educate people in 
child abuse and how to identify problems. We have systems in place for reporting those things that are very well maintained and very well eyed. But there's still more. And Bishop Donardo points to the need for accountability from bishops so that their actions are monitored. And that is so important. And that the peace that has been missing. He's proposing an executive committee to be formed by laity, clergy, and the Vatican to look very carefully into this issue. And I trust and I hope that that will bring us to a better place. But as I reflected more and more on all that has transpired, my anger, my disillusionment, then began to turn into profound sadness. Because I feel in a a major way that something very precious is slipping away. That we're losing something. That when people look at our church community, they're not going to see a vibrant faith life that is alive with the gospel, but an institution that is plagued with problems. And there's a world out there that needs to connect with God. A world that's hurting, that doesn't understand itself. And the most difficult part of this is we have those answers. We have this wonderful sacramental life that connects us with God at every moment of our existence, from the time we come into this world to the time we leave. A wonderful system that points us in the direction of God and keeps us anchored in the midst of all of the bad news, I read an article that was entitled, It's Hard to Be Catholic. And indeed it is. But the wisdom of those older spoke through that article. And this older gentleman said, you know something, I don't go to church for the priest. I don't go to church for the building. I go to church to connect with God. And I find in the church my faith. And he said, maybe this thing that blew up is a necessary thing that needs to happen. And he said, we need to atone for our sins before we can move beyond them and heal. And how true that is. And his words gave me a ray of hope and reminded me that we are not driving this bus. God is. That there's the Holy Spirit who is continually with us. Jesus promised this to the end of time that we have God who is ultimately in charge, who if we get out of our own sinful ways, he can lead us where we need to go. Each one of us are here because of our faith, because of what draws us, especially the Eucharist, the bread of life, 
Jesus, who comes into us intimately as the very presence of God himself. And it is up to us to sift through all of this stuff and get into what is important, and that's what is in here and what is with us. We are a wonderful community of faith who believes in Jesus Christ, who believes in God, who believes in the sacraments of the church. That is what is ultimately important. And we, by the way we accept and embrace our faith, are the heralds to show people that they need to look beyond the human sinfulness of the church to the greater wellspring of faith that is here, that lies within, that is ultimately what is important. We never know what each day of our lives is going to bring. And the only thing we really can control is the depth of our faith, our relationship with God. And it is that relationship that can see us through the wonderful things, but also those very difficult challenges. And so my prayer is that we stay together, that we stay connected, that we stay strong, that we stay focused, that the church heal itself, that the church be honest with itself, and that we move beyond this because I am 100% convinced that the other end is going to find us coming out stronger, more focused, and more whole. And that is my prayer. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.